Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. Today, we want to talk about the interior of the offensive line for this Giants team. Now, conceivably, it feels like the Giants have taken a step forward, right? It feels like they've gotten a little bit better in a lot of categories, and the offensive line being one of them, there are some individuals that I do believe could improve a lot <laughs> notably Evan Neal rookie you know hopefully he kind of falls into the same category as Andrew Thomas tough rookie season takes a big step forward and shows us that he is capable of playing right tackle for the foreseeable future um because ultimately he is a bookend guy we need him to be a bookend guy you know he, he really has struggled this year he's had a couple of games where he showed out and, and had some good performances but against better pass rushers um the, the better guys in the league he's really had a hard time which I think is something to be aware of and uh, you know rookie seasons can be very disruptive for young offensive tackles especially guys like him who um, are physically imposing a little bit bigger I think that his type of body frame doesn't necessarily adjust um, or assimilate well with the improved in talent improvements in talent especially because you look at him and Andrew Thomas totally different physical nature um, you know I feel like Evan is a little bit more powerful a little bit more like I guess a little bit smaller in the sense of maybe shorter um, but Thomas seems to have a little bit more flexibility, right? Evan Neal doesn't have that type of flexibility in his kick step. And I think that may hold him back in some areas, but that doesn't mean he can't tweak his fundamentals to fit his style of play. So they're going to have to find a way to coach him and manage his fundamentals in a different strategy, different way. I think than Andrew Thomas, but that doesn't mean he can't take the, the same big step forward that Thomas did in his sophomore season. Now the interior of the offensive line is really what I discussed today. John Feliciano, who was a Pro Bowl alternate somehow, Mark Lewinsky, who is our free agent signing at right guard, and Ben Bredesen and Nick Gates and Josh Zudu at left guard kind of playing Russian roulette there and trying to figure out who's a long-term option. So there's definitely a lot of turnover that's probably going to happen within that group right there, that core three. But for now, I do want to discuss their quality, what they put on the fields and put on the paper um, this season so we can kind of get an idea of who might be expendable, who might be willing, they might be willing to keep around for the foreseeable future, Anthony. But before we dive into the interior offensive line and you know what we're thinking about these individual players, how do you do today, my friend? I'm doing great, and I got to say, every time it gets mentioned that John Feliciano is a Pro Bowl alternate, I can't help but just laugh. Like, I just think that's hilarious because he's been so bad for the Giants this year. And so has pretty much everybody on the interior of the offensive line. Mark Lewinsky was signed this offseason to be just a quality starter. The Giants weren't expecting him to be, you know, all pro level or Pro Bowl level guard. They just wanted him to be a quality starter, but he's been anything but quality. He's been really, really bad. And the left guard position has been a bit of a revolving door. Ben Bredesen's injury was huge. That really, really hurt the team because he was playing pretty solid uh, in the preseason at the beginning of the regular season. But then Shane Lemieux, the projected starter last year, projected starter this year, failed to get on the field either one of these seasons. So his future is pretty murky. I think he probably starts the summer out with the team, but I don't even know if he's going to make the team next year at this point. I, the guy just can't seem to stay healthy. And it's just been a revolving door at that position for a couple of years now, uh, left guard that is, and center is a mess because I have no faith in John Feliciano again. I don't know how he was selected as a Pro Bowl alternate, but looking at his future here with the Giants, you know, short-term contract, didn't even live up to what he was making. I, I think that, you know, maybe you could argue he's a good leader for the team, but in terms of putting quality players on the field, he is not one of the best uh, players that you can put out there. So I think the Giants are going to have to turn over their, their interior offensive line this offseason. Obviously, they've invested a lot in their tackle positions, and they've gotten a lot out of Andrew Thomas, and I believe that one day they will get a lot out of Evan Neal. But right now, he's really struggling. 
And some of that might be due to the fact that he doesn't trust the right guard that he's playing alongside. Mark Lewinsky has been really bad in pass protection. And you see a lot of the times Evan Neal screw up in pass protection. And some of that could be related to his injury. Some of that could also be related to the fact that his right guard is trash this year. So we need to improve that interior offensive line. I think you can get an even better version of Andrew Thomas, if you can believe that that's possible. I think you can get a better version of him and definitely a better version of Evan Neal uh, next season if you improve the guys around them. And Daniel Jones, the Giants offense, it starts to get a groove here and there, and then immediately the offensive line just walks it backwards, and that can't happen anymore. If the Giants are going to open up this offense next year, re-sign Daniel Jones and allow him to take that next step. They got to improve the protection in front of him, get him a real offensive line to work with rather than just one real left tackle get him five offensive linemen who are capable watch him go out there watch him get to work because I think we've seen it this year Daniel Jones is capable of making all the throws he's capable of extending plays with his legs and really can be kind of a dynamic player when he's in the right opportunity but he hasn't had that opportunity very often this year due to the lack of or what good performances on the offensive line. It's been a real mess in front of him, like it has been for every New York Giants quarterback for the last decade. So this is a problem that the Giants need to get fixed. And I do trust Joe Shane to go ahead, tear it apart this season or this offseason, rather start over and build this offensive line inside out. So you want to know what Dave Gettleman, one of his most underrated blunders was, you know, th- this one really irks me because we had good pieces. We had some good pieces on the offensive line. Do you know what the one biggest mistake he made on the offensive line was? Aside from signing Patrick Omame and Nate Solder and all those guys. You want to know what his biggest problem was? I thought you were going to say Omame, but who, nope. who was it? It was letting Kevin Zeitler walk. That was his yes. biggest mistake. Kevin Zeitler was a, is a pro bowler this year, by the way. And he signed a three-year, $22 million deal. We just signed Mark Lewinsky, who you just basically demolished, on a three-year, $18 million deal. So, a couple $4 million more for Kevin Zeitler, Pro Bowl level guard, is such a big difference. Kevin Zeitler has been tremendous for the Baltimore Ravens, instant starter. He was awesome for us for a couple of years. The fact that Dave Gettleman said, this sounds like a good idea. We have a shit offensive line. Why don't we make it even worse? And then draft Shane Lemieux, a sixth rounder, to replace him. Tell me how that makes any sense. Uh, Dave Gettleman was living in fantasy land. I don't know what the hell he was thinking half the time, but half of his moves were just like w- – how are you qualified for this job? Like, like literally it was like, we know you've been around for a long time, but how are you qualified for this job in the sense that you're letting go of affordable above average players, right? You know, trading OBJ Zeitler. I mean, how many dumb decisions that they made? I mean, benching, I know this is more of a coaching thing. I'm sure Gettleman had a say in it too. Benching Eli Manning for Geno Smith. I mean, how many things can we rattle off that make absolutely no sense from this guy? Most of his mid round picks are absolute, were absolute duds until Joe Shane got here. And suddenly Julian loves like, Okay, like this is a very good player who, and for the record, I think Julian Love was always a good player, but this year we're really seeing his value. Um, O'Shane Zimenez was just literally non existent until this season. He's been pretty good when called upon. Um, coaching has made a big difference here, but Gettleman's mid rounds have just been a graveyard for, for years. Now we're seeing kind of the result of that. Letting go of Zeitler was one of the worst things that could have happened for this team um, because now you're looking at Glowinski, and this year he's given up five sacks. Um, 33 total pressures, 24 quarterback hurries, and four quarterback hits. Now, he's been consistently inconsistent, right? He'll have a good game, two bad games, another good game, two bad games, two good games, a couple bad games. You know, he's just kind of like back and forth. You just don't know what to expect from the guy. Um, but it's, it's every single week he's liable for something every single week. There's a a Daniel Jones sack. They're like, wow, Mark Lewinsky just got absolutely bulldozed, like just got run by and wasn't even close. Um, 
four pressures in this most recent game against the Minnesota Vikings, right? 52 pass blocking snaps, four pressures, 41.5 pass blocking grade. Uh, if you want to look at the PFF uh, grades, almost a thousand offensive snaps this year. Right now, you know, former fourth round pick from Seattle. Right now, I'm kind of looking at him and saying, I don't know if I trust him to be a starter next season. I'm not entirely sure what, you know, we can do with him because, like I said, he did sign that deal. Next year, he's on the book for $7.75 million. You actually lose 900 k if you cut him next year, so he's not cuttable next year. You can't get rid of him. Um, he's on this team no matter what. Right? He's on this roster at $7.75 million, uh, $7.75 million against the cap. So that's definitely a situation where, all right, like you know, you're just going to keep him around. Maybe he can act as a depth piece if you find a better option. Maybe he just continues starting at right guard, which, in my opinion, may not be the best scenario. But given the fact that you can't get rid of him, Anthony, um, what are your thoughts about him for next year? Do you want to use him as a depth piece, or are you like you kind of have a choice but to continue starting him? I think there's always a choice, and there's always a way to improve, right? You don't have to continue starting anyone who's really not up to par. And I think that when you take a look at what the Giants have on the offensive line, there is so much room to improve. And I think across the board, Mark Lewinsky, uh, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, John Feliciano, all of these guys can very easily be replaced, whether you're talking about in the draft, the early rounds, the mid rounds, or if you're going out into free agency, keep in mind the Giants have a lot more money to spend this year than they did last year. They don't have to find the middle of the road right guard to be their starter this next season like they had to last year. They can go out there and probably spend a little extra and get someone who is a proven quality starter for a long time. So they have more money to spend on this offensive line now. Will, will they prioritize offensive line over linebacker, over cornerback, over receiver? That remains to be seen because the Giants do have a lot of holes on this roster. They've found ways to win. Brian Dable has done a phenomenal job uh, bringing them to the 8-6-1 record that they have. But this is a very flawed roster, and there is a lot of room for improvement. This was supposed to be a rebuilding year. The Giants just hum somehow stumbled their way into nearly the playoffs. Hopefully they clinch it this weekend. But this has been a tremendous job from Brian Dable, doing a lot with a little. There is not a lot of talent on this offensive line. And again, receiving core cornerback linebacker there are so many positions of, of need on this Giants roster but when you look at this interior offensive line I don't think that anyone has earned their job and I think that you could absolutely go out there cut or trade or release whatever you want to do just tear it to shreds and start over and it can't be much worse than it is right now I think that the Giants really do have one of the worst offensive lines in football if it, if it weren't for Andrew Thomas I don't think the Giants are eight six and one because I don't think this offense ever gets going I think it's that bad on the offensive line outside of Andrew Thomas. Now, I do give Evan Neal a pass. I think that he's had a really tough rookie year, but that's because, A, he's dealing with an injured knee. Of course, he's healed from it, but you don't really you don't really fully heal until like a whole year later with that kind of injury. It was a partial tear in his knee. Like that's going to take him some time this off season. You're going to see him probably do some rehabilitation and go into next season and hopefully take that sophomore step that we saw from Andrew Thomas, right? But on the rest of the offensive line, how do you give a pass to a guy like John Feliciano, who's been in the NFL for as long as he has, or Mark Lewinsky, who was a proven starter on the Indianapolis Colts offensive line? Like, you don't give these guys a pass. They are veterans. They should be performing better than they are. And if they're not performing to the level that you sign them to perform to, you cut them. You move on and you find someone younger and better. And that's what the Giants are probably going to do this offseason. They are a young team. They are a rebuilding team. So I expect them to go out there, probably look into the NFL draft and find better talent that's younger and cheaper. Because when you draft players, they're always cheaper than when you sign them in free agency. So always keep that in mind as well. The Giants can definitely go into rounds three, uh, rounds four, round six, right? Because they have a couple extra picks in those rounds 
go ahead and, and draft some offensive linemen to probably be better day one than Mark Lewinsky has been because Mark Lewinsky has been probably worse than everybody. <laughs> He's been so bad at right guard for the Giants that they could probably draft someone in the fifth round who's going to play better than him as a rookie next season. Uh, but Alex, I actually have an alternative solution for you because I saw this on Twitter and I thought this was really interesting and it started to get my uh, my gears turning here. Of course, Evan Neal struggles as a as a rookie, as we expected, playing right tackle. The injury is a is a big part of that, but a lot of it is technique based, and it's it's a lot of poor fundamentals. And I've started to see this conversation on Twitter. It was this guy. Let me see his name. I don't want to get it wrong. Coach Gene Clemens. He's some Pro Football Writers Associate Association coach, teacher, whatever it is. And he threw out the idea that maybe the Giants want to take a look at Evan Neal and move him to right guard because he thinks that he can be a good tackle, but a pro bowl or an all pro level guard because of the way that he's built six foot seven, 350 pounds. Like he is a mammoth of a human being. We all know that he has all of that power in the world, but he seems to lack that quickness that will make him an elite tackle in the NFL. And so I, I think that it's an interesting question. If the giants are sitting there in the first round and there's a really good, like a blue chip right tackle prospect sitting on the board, does Evan Neal stop you from drafting that player or do you take that player and you move Evan Neal to right guard and you, you pretty much kill two birds with one stone? And I think that's an interesting discussion to be had. And I know there was a similar discussion when Andrew Thomas was drafted. Should they move up to the right side of the line? It all worked out for him, but that doesn't mean that it's going to work out for Evan Neal. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on a potential out of the box solution for Evan Neal's uh, problems going into the off season. So I was going to bring that up earlier, but I didn't want to jump the gun on that um, because it is early, right? The, his, his rookie season's not even over yet. It, it's almost like if Andrew Thomas was struggling, we're like, you know what? Like, let's move him to guard because he had a really bad rookie season. So like, I, I get why it's coming up because of his frame, because he kind of has that big guard kind of body. Uh, but I will say this, it's too early, right? It's too early to be thinking of him as a, as a transitioning to guard because um, it's the sample size isn't big enough. But with that being said, the Giants made this same mistake with Eric Flowers, right? He was a good left guard when they tra when Washington transitioned him over to that position. Um, he was an awful tackle, but he was a good guard because he had balance issues and he you know just didn't have that flexibility to, to have a deep enough kick step on the outside. Um, but with that being said, I, I kind of feel as though Evan Neal needs more time. I think that an offseason to work on his craft, to see what he did wrong, to start ironing out the bad fundamentals and habits that he that he kind of is leading him to this right now, the situation that we're in is that he's having a pretty down rookie season. He's had a couple of good games, but he's also had mostly inefficient ones. So I think that I'd give him another full year, his sophomore season. He's my right tackle. If he flops next year too, then I'm thinking about moving him to guard because I, because right now it's, it's too early. I still think, you know, if you can get him to be a good right tackle, it locks up a position that is a prime, a premier position in the NFL. You know, high-paid guys get that job. Um, it it really helps this team moving forward. Guards are a lot cheaper to get. To get, like you said, you could probably draft a, a mid-round pick and he'll be just as good as Mark Lewinsky, if not better. Right? You can't do that with right tackles or left tackles for that matter. You can't go with mid-round picks at tackle and hope they're going to be good. You need to find elite level talent there if you want to keep the cost down. So I'm fully committed to keeping him at right tackle. I have no intention of moving him unless full year next year he's really bad then we can have that conversation but you know looking over at these other interior offensive linemen 
Um, you know, there are a couple others that I do want to discuss. John Feliciano, his future with the team, Josh Zudu, Ben Bredesen, and Nick Gates. So Feliciano, right off the bat, um, he's actually been a lot better as of late. Last four games, he's had two games where he didn't give up a pressure, um, which is definitely pretty solid. He only gave up one pressure against Minnesota. Um, he didn't give up a sack against Philadelphia, but the entire team played really bad against Philly. So he's been a lot better recently. I think he's gotten better as the season has progressed. Um, that doesn't mean I want him to be my long-term future at the center. In fact, I'd rather have Nick Gates starting there right now. I just don't think that uh, they want to disrupt the chemistry between Feliciano and, and, and Daniel Jones because they have, you know, been kind of bringing that, I guess, I guess they, they have enough chemistry, but also Feliciano has been done a good job setting the tone and also done a good job communicating, right? The Giants don't have any false starts. Um, the only false starts that they've had uh, have primarily been because of Evan Neal just not knowing the snap count for the most part, like you're jumping a little bit too early to get a to get a little bit of an advantage. Uh, but altogether, I think the center's pretty much his job is to communicate, do a good job of lining everybody up, making sure everyone's set and whatnot, um, along with the quarterback, obviously. And I think that for the most part, he's done a very good job um, you know, managing things and keeping it rather disciplined. Does that mean he has all the talent in the world? No, but I think that they just trust him, right? Nick Gates is coming off a significant injury. Um, they're kind of easing him in. They're using him where they where they need help. But I think that right now, Feliciano has been the center of the entire season, so they're going to roll with that. Next year, however, I do think that Nick Gates should get a crack at the starting center job, and I think that maybe you bring in another free agent, or maybe you just go Nick Gates, John Feliciano, position battle at center, see who wins it. You know, I think that might not be a, a bad strategy, but right now I think the turnover could be Gates taking over center next year instead of Feliciano. But I do think Feliciano has value for the record. I would not be opposed to keeping him around as a depth piece, not as a starter, but as a depth piece the Giants trust. Um, I think that there is there is something to be said about uh, just his mentality. You know, he, he's definitely a grinder. He's a tough guy. He brings a lot of energy to that team. And, and I do see his value, especially because he's making like a veteran minimum amount. He's not making any money at all. So I think that there is a benefit to keeping him around, but I don't see him as a starter. I see him as a depth piece. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on John Feliciano before we kind of dive into this trio at left guard? Yeah, personally, you said that you would prefer Nick Gates at center over Feliciano. I'm going to disagree. I think that Feliciano, yeah, he's been bad, and I I'm, I laugh when I see that he was a Pro Bowl alternate, but maybe he hasn't been that bad, and I actually think that he's performed better than Nick Gates. I think that Nick Gates has really struggled this year. He's another one that gets a pass in my eyes because he's coming off of what probably should have been a career-ending injury. You have to respect that guy. All of the heart that he poured into the sport just to come back from that injury is unbelievable, and it's a great story. But he's really struggled this year. He has not been a good football player for the Giants. And I think that John Feliciano, the veteran presence, you're right. There's been a lot of great communication between him and Daniel Jones. He is a leader on the, on the uh, football field for the Giants. So I don't hate everything about John Feliciano and what he brings to the table. You know, I think that he does have some value, like you said, but – Again, I'm looking for new blood personally. I don't want to see the John Feliciano versus Nick Gates battle in camp this summer. I want to see the new rookie or newly signed offensive lineman from free agency battle it out at center and be the clear-cut and obvious starter. Like I want the Giants to go out there and find an improvement, not settle with the guys on the roster to compete next year because you're going to get the same result. You're going to get mediocre to below average level play out of your offensive line if you just stick with the guys that you have. Now, granted, the Giants aren't going to go below all of their salary cap space on three offensive linemen. It's not going to happen. They're not going to spend five of their seven or nine picks, whatever they have in the draft, on the offensive line. But they do need to go out there and find some new blood for the offensive line, in my eyes. I think that when you when you 
look towards the 2023 season, if you just go into that year with the same players on this roster on the offensive line and expect a different result, you're setting yourself up for failure. Failure. I don't think that going into the year with Mark Lewinsky on the roster, John Feliciano, Nick Gates, and Shane Lemieux and Ben Bredesen and having them all battle it out once again is going to bring any improvements. Like you've got to find a new player to plug in there or two or three. And I think that's ultimately the route that the Giants are going to go. A couple of these guys they inherited, they just had to make make do with what they had. Of course, they went and they signed Feliciano. They signed Glowinski, but they inherited Nick Gates. They inherited Ben Bredesen. He was previously with the Giants. Uh, and Joshua Zito is a draft pick that they have, but he struggled as a rookie as well, and he needs some time to develop. So I think that when you look at how the Giants are going to construct their offensive line this offseason, the Evan Neal discussion, they're going to give him another crack at right tackle, and they're going to let him try and figure it out. But everybody on the interior of that line in my opinion, is on the chopping block. They're going to have to prove that they deserve to be here. If not, the Giants can easily, like feasibly go out there and find three capable starters on the offensive line that will do better than this unit right now. And I think that that is the route that they're going to go. I've actually seen some some fans on Twitter throw out some dream scenarios. Maybe the Giants go out there. The Indianapolis Colts are really bad right now. Their offensive line is struggling. Quentin Nelson looks like a shell of himself. They're trying to rebuild. Maybe the Giants make a splash on a player like that, of that caliber. Now, that would be tremendous if you went out there and you tried to find a player like a Quentin Nelson. Now, you'd have to give up a whole lot to get a guy like that. But coming off of a down year, playing in the with the Colts, who, who are going to tear it all apart, you might be able to get them for the low. So I think that's also a scenario that the Giants could look at. You know, we talk very often about will the Giants try and make that Stefan Dig for Josh Allen-esque trade that the Bills made a few years ago. Well, maybe they try and make a trade similar to that, but they go with the offensive lineman rather than the wide receiver because maybe that's what Daniel Jones needs more than anything. He needs a new offensive line, and so does Saquon Barkley. So maybe that's how you maximize this team. You go out there, you make that splash trade, but you do it on the offensive line instead. Again, I'm very open to getting rid of all three of those guys on the interior and finding three brand new starters in the upcoming season because I think that, again, you go into this next season and you settle with the players already on the roster – you cannot expect a better result than the one that you had this year. Yes, you can expect more from Evan Neal as he goes into year two and improves, but those veteran guys are just those veteran guys, and they are what they are, and they're not going to be getting any better, in my in my opinion. So you got to go out there, get new blood, and really turn over that offensive line this offseason. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. Um, looking at Josh Zudu, do I trust him? Not entirely. I think that he has a lot of potential, but I'm not penciling him in as a starter anytime soon. Um, I would love to him for to keep competing and maybe iron out a nice gig for himself in the future, but he's injured right now. He's on IR. He's not going to play the rest of the season. Um, so that's definitely unfortunate, but I'll tell you what, Shane Lemieux, I'm writing him off completely. I don't think that he will probably ever have a big role in this team. He just, that toe injury seems like it's not going away anytime soon and it keeps coming up and, and, and impacting his progress. So, um, right now I don't, I can't commit to Shane Lemieux. So therefore I am not considering him the long-term, you know, piece to this team, maybe a depth option down the road, Ben Bredesen. He's actually been pretty good this year, but I will say, I do think that, uh, uh, he, he definitely will have, he should have an opportunity to compete for a starting job, but I do think that they need to bring in, that should not stop them. Ben Bredesen should not be the reason the giants don't bring in more talent, right? Like people, a lot of people hitting me up on social media. Oh, but how about Ben Bredesen? He's good. You know, he's a good player. Sure. He, he's been good when he's been healthy. Um, but just, should that stop the giants bringing in more talent to compete at left guard? Absolutely not. If you think that's the case, th that's the reason we've been in freaking offensive line hell for a decade now. So, um, in my opinion, that that's, that's why I think the right strategy would be Anthony. When you're looking at Mark Lewinsky or rather, sorry, when you're looking at Ben Bredesen, um, do you think that that his quality alone, the, the sample size of good games he's put on the film 
Do you think that's a reason enough to not invest more at left guard? No, I don't. Again, I think that all three of those positions are open for improvement. I think that Ben Bredesen, yes, has looked good in a small sample size, and I'd like to keep him on the roster in case whatever move you make at left guard doesn't pan out. Ben Bredesen, ben Bredesen should be looked at right now as a Giants backup plan. He should be, you know, if we can't find an improvement, at least we know we have Ben Bredesen who's solid. But they really should be going out there and trying to find an improvement on every single one of those positions on the interior of the offensive line in my eyes. No one on this team is good enough at left guard, center, or right guard to prevent the Giants from going out there and finding an improvement. Because again, like I said, I think this is like a really good point to make. If you go into 2023 with the same players on the offensive line and expect a different result, you are setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, you can say that again. It is what it is, but hopefully the Giants can find ways to improve this roster moving forward or rather the interior of this offensive line. I think Thomas, Neil, they say the same, obviously, but those three guys very much up for for debate. Um, I'd love to hear your guys' perspectives and opinions below in the YouTube comments section. Um, Gates, I could see competing for center next year. I wonder if they would bring in a, a draft pick or maybe a free agent. We'll see how they do this. We'll see kind of the strategy they implement. It is definitely interesting because a lot of these guys are on one-year deals or cheap contracts. So maybe they look to invest a little bit more at that position in free agency because the wide receiver position is so thin. They're going to have to go through the draft or they're going to have to trade for somebody. So with that being said, um, <clears throat> maybe a little use a little bit more of your cap space towards shoring up that offensive line. So if they do retain uh, Saquon Barkley, if they do retain Daniel Jones, they have a better situation to walk into. Um, so I think that is ideal, but always happy to hear your opinions below in the YouTube comment section. Make sure to enjoy the rest of your day. Um, make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode. Mm -hmm.